Hi everyone, so my name is Joseph and today I want to discuss X-Men Apocalypse which came out on May 27th, May 27th, excuse me, 2016. Um, so as always, like with my first two X-Men movies, I want to begin with a disclaimer. Uh, although I, I do enjoy X-Men, I am not a diehard X-Men comic book fan. I've only grown up with the animated series and I did watch the original X-Men trilogy uh, set of movies, but it's been a while since I've seen those. I am planning to watch those eventually after I'm done with... Um, the Brian Singer set of movies. Um, but all of that is just to establish, uh, although I'm reviewing this as from the perspective of a moviegoer, I did do light research and I looked into uh, the comic book perspective, what they think about the Brian Singer set of movies. And uh, I think they do have some valid points in being upset with, with this movie, Apocalypse. Uh, nothing's worse than when it, it, the source material is not adapted faithfully. And thus, um, it creates just some friction, right? So although I'm only establishing this because I think it's going to be a little bit obvious that I, I did enjoy this movie. <laughs> I did like it. With qualms, there were some issues with it. Definitely the weakest compared to First Class and Days of Future Past. Um, but with that being said, if I were a diehard X-Men fan, I think my, my, my opinion would be a lot more different. Um, it's not to the same extent, but I definitely can sympathize. When it comes to Star Wars, I'm not the biggest fan of the sequel trilogy. Uh, but for The Last Jedi, I like to tell people that I don't think it's a good Star Wars movie. But as a film in general, I think it's a really fun film. So <laughs> whenever I whenever I rewatch The Last Jedi, well, I don't really rewatch it. But like when it's on in the background because my friends put it on and my family puts it on, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain about that. I'm able just to enjoy it. Why I dissociate my Star Wars fan away just from the moviegoer side or the audience side, and yeah, so I definitely do empathize X Men fans. Um, <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into this. So. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse has a bigger cast. It also has most of the returning cast from the previous movies. Right off the bat, I do want to discuss Havoc. So I really did like Havoc's character. I do wish he was present uh, more for the second movie. And I was quite happy to see that he was here in the third movie. But lo and behold, unfortunately, he kind of... Uh, he's here. He has a little bit more to do. But then once he... So there are going to be spoilers. He gets killed. He accidentally shoots his... Oh, that's Cyclops. He accidentally, he accidentally shoots his laser powers from his chest. His energy powers. And he ends up shooting, I guess, the uh, a generator or a power source. Ends up blowing up the X-Mansion. And unfortunately, although um, Quicksilver arrives to save everyone at the mansion, he's not able to save... Uh, Havoc's because he's he's not able to save Havoc due to him being too close to the epic center of the explosion And I don't like how his death is kind of glossed over um, Although Cyclops is upset about it and the rest of the characters kind of don't discuss it. Jean does a little bit, but That's really it. So I am disappointed about that. It's it's really sad how I was excited to see Havoc being back But <laughs> just for him to not play much of a role. Uh, I think that would, this is a good segue to a uh, uh, Express. Uh, so this is a longer movie. I believe it's two hours long. Uh, two hour. Oh my goodness, two hours and twenty four minutes. And one does uh, feel it a little bit. I know that sounds negative, but the only reason why they feel it is because this movie feels like it's two movies in one. The first half focuses on Apocalypse and him uh, gathering his horsemen. So Storm, Magneto, Angel, and and Psylocke, and then. It also focuses on the older cast, uh, the James McAvoy. Moria is back, which I'm happy to see. I did like her in the first movie. Uh, Mystique, uh, Beast, and so forth. And then the second half of the movie, once the X-Mansion blows up and our main, our main order cast gets captured by the government, by Stryker. Um, so Magneto, Quicksilver, no Magneto, I'm sorry. Um, Quicksilver, Mystique, Beast, and Charles Xavier. 
Oh, he was already stolen. Excuse me. He was already kidnapped by Apocalypse, not Charles Xavier. Uh, but those older individuals, they get taken away by William Stryker. The story shifts to the younger X-Men uh, perspective. We now focus more on Cyclops, uh, Nightcrawler, and Jean Grey. And um, it's fine. Uh, I think the movie could have done a better job of meshing the two stories together. Um, but I think that's the only reason why it feels a little bit longer. Um, just because it is working with multiple stories, more specifically two stories. Um, the villain for this movie, so the villain for the first X-Men movie was Sebastian Shaw. I really liked his character. I think they did a good job with that villain. The second movie's villain, I would argue, uh, was much more a, uh, a villain symbolically. The villain was Mystique and stopping her from doing her actions, right? I really liked that movie's quote-unquote villain. I felt like it was very... Well, I guess Trask would also be the, the more direct antagonist. But again, um, Mystique was the one that they were trying to stop. And I really did feel like that was more a personal movie. A movie about the relationship between Mystique, Magneto, and Charles Xavier. This X-Men movie, our villain is uh, Apocalypse. But I'm going to have to say, uh, I haven't really seen, I, Oscar, oh, the actor's name is Oscar Isaac. I was going to call him Oscar Isaac Clark. <laughs> I think maybe that's from Dead Space. Excuse me. But um, Oscar Isaac, uh, I haven't really seen him in anything else besides for Star Wars. So I'm not really familiar with his acting skills. Uh, like, for example, the actor who portrays Andor from Star Wars. I really liked him in Rogue One, and I did watch Andor, and I think he did a great job um, with his acting skills. So I'm not really going to discuss Oscar Isaac's acting skills. For all I know, he's a great actor, but unfortunately, the director just didn't know how to direct him. Um, I'm just going to talk about the character himself, Apocalypse. Uh, he was a very boring character, in my opinion. Uh, he wasn't very intimidating. There was this one part after they rescued Charles. They take so. Apocalypse is trying to transfer his essence and his mind into Charles Xavier's body, body to take his powers. And the X-Men are able, specifically Nightcrawler, is able to go in and rescue and pull out Charles Xavier from that situation. And when the Apocalypse, when Apocalypse comes back, when he gains consciousness, he does like this really weird, weird yell. Uh, I was confused about that scream because it sounded very animalistic, yet he's not animalistic. He's very humanoid. He's, well, he is human. He's just a mutant, right? So I was confused about that. And there's also, I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Apocalypse because I actually, although as a villain, he wasn't very intimidating. As an individual, he was interesting. I like the way that he was, I, I love the way he was speaking with his mutant brothers and sisters. I love the way that um, he came to them as a quote-unquote savior. Uh, that was really, that was a cool demeanor to see, a cool side of Apocalypse to see. But just again, as a villain, I just didn't really feel, his powers were intimidating. I'm not going to lie, the two points, there's one part where he puts, um, uh, a human into the wall. Uh, that part was crazy. That person was still alive. Like it just become part of the wall. And there's also another part where the factory workers uh, that Magneto was about to kill because they reported him uh, being a mutant, uh, where he puts everyone everyone just down into the uh, the floor. It really reminded me as above so as above so below, which I guess is inspired by Dante's Inferno. So because <laughs> I do know in Dante's Inferno, there's a portion where. Legs are sticking out. I've only read excerpts from Dante's Inferno. I haven't I've yet to have read the full uh, piece. Hopefully one day I will. I am planning to one day. But anyway, going back to X-Men. Uh, that part was really crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, that's that part was intimidating. But he was only intimidating when he was, when he was fighting against humans. When he came against other mutants, uh, it just wasn't there. So the first movie I did, discussing cameos. The first movie I discussed Wolverine's cameo. I was not really... I felt like it could have been more organic. The second movie, I liked how they incorporated that cameo into the story. I think that they did a great job about that. <laughs> With the third movie, going back to Wolverine's cameo, 
I didn't like it. I know some comic book fans did appreciate the fact that he looked more like his Weapon, Weapon X uh, comic book counterpart. But it just felt out of place. And um, I don't want to get into the continu- continuity of the, of the, of the X-Men movies, specifically the Brian Singer movies. But it just mucks things up a little bit. And I, I'm just not the biggest fan. Of, uh, I know why they added it. And it, it, it kind of does veer into the world of organicness. But just in, at the end of the day, I'm not the biggest fan of what they did for that portion. Um, it took away from giving characterization or more moments to Storm, not Storm, sorry, to a Cyclops, Jean, and Nightcrawler. Um, so all in all, the movie, there are some parts where it slogs a little bit. There are some parts that could have been refined and tempered a bit better. With that being said, I think the movie as a whole has more positives and that outweighs the negatives. I went into Apocalypse um, knowing that this is where a lot of fans consider the quality to start dropping. And um, maybe because of that, I went in with not very high expectations. That's why I was able to enjoy the movie. Uh, But all in all, would I recommend Apocalypse? I actually, yes, I would with some caveats. I'll just say, just go in being aware that... um, they're trying to do a lot more with the uh, with this villain. They're trying to establish him as a uh, an actual villain, but they don't quite necessarily succeed. They're also trying to establish the team as a whole, where we just have one part of the team: Beast, Mystique, Xavier, and now we need to get the rest of the team. So they're trying to uh, flesh that out as well. Um, if one goes in expecting a movie that attempted to do a little bit more um, that needed to. I think you are going to enjoy this movie, this film. I am planning on watching the next one, Dark Phoenix, I think it's called. And I already know that a lot. That's, I think, uh, not that I think, I already know that most people consider that to be the worst from this uh, set of movies so far. So we'll see if I'm going to have that same opinion. But all in all, this movie, Apocalypse, although I see the negatives, I did enjoy it. I did like Cyclops' character. I do have to say, though, when I think of Cyclops, I feel like this Cyclops is more jockey-ish. I don't know if that's true of the comic book counterpart for um, Scott's character, for Cyclops' character. Um, but I didn't really get that leadership feeling from Cyclops in this movie. I'm hoping that will change in the next movie because I am aware that Cyclops is typically the leader of the X-Men. Well, him and Wolverine and sometimes Jean Grey, I think. Again, I'm not a, a more versed into comic book uh, history with, with X-Men. But yes, so let me just quickly think about the movie. Um... I believe that's everything I do want to discuss. The climax of the movie was... Oh, what, another element I forgot to discuss. So why do I say that I believe this movie was attempting to do a lot more than it needed to do? They were also establishing not just uh, the formation of the X-Men, but also the origin, or well, maybe not the origin story, but at least hinting towards the Dark Phoenix as well. Uh, so even if one doesn't read comic books, they're probably aware of, about the Dark Phoenix and the, the, uh, the impact that she had in the X-Men world within the comic books and um so i think it was quite obvious quite clear to a lot of people for the next movie that it was going to be focusing on um on the dark phoenix and the secret ending for this film just had a government a g-man walking um through the military complex that the x-men infiltrated to rescue magnet uh to rescue mystique um beast and Mystique Beast and Quicksilver. Oh, and Moria! And Moria as well. Um, they collect the Weapon X serum and they move forward. And I'm glad I remembered about Moria. I'm glad she's back. I really did like her character. In typical comic book fashion, of course, the hero is not able to get with their love interest. So at the end of the first one, when Charles Xavier takes her mind, her, her mind, 
How does her brains away, her memories away? I was a little bit disappointed because I knew that meant that she was not going to be returning for the second movie. Uh, and sure enough, I, I don't think she was in the second movie at all. Maybe she had a small cameo. But I was really happy to see that she was back. That was unexpected. Uh, I actually do like Moria's character. I, in the first movie, I did discuss Moni, complain about her. Just, and it was not her fault whatsoever. It was just the writers chose that stupid bit at the beginning when she infiltrates the meeting. That could have been done better, in my opinion. But it was good to see her character back. I'm glad that Charles Xavier gave her back her memories. Uh, um, I'm looking forward to seeing if she is going to be present in the next movies. But I should keep my expectations in check because I'm not sure she is. I don't want to go in looking forward to seeing her. And it turns out she didn't return from the movie. Um, and also, it's kind of cool to see how Charles Xavier starts getting that iconic look that we're all familiar with. The, uh, the bald... Uh, appearance as it turns out he got this in this iteration because of apocalypse when he was doing that transference of consciousness so that was pretty cool um yeah i, I believe that is everything i want to discuss if you guys have seen x-men apocalypse let me know what you think of it either in the comments or let me know via personal messages i personally uh, did enjoy it it could have been better for sure uh definitely not as strong as the first two movies but with that being said it was an enjoyable time and, uh, uh, but would I watch it again? Uh, I, I think I would actually, not anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not for another two to three years, maybe. <laughs> um, but if someone was to, if, they, if one of my friends wanted to watch it, I wouldn't argue or uh, go against um, that idea. I would love to hear their, their perspective. Anywho, thanks for joining me. I do appreciate it. Have a great day and take care. Hi again everyone, something I forgot to discuss was Magneto's character. I was doing that on purpose just because um, I felt like Magneto definitely had the best story elements in X-Men Apocalypse. One aspect I, I really don't like is the fact that they essentially gave him a second origin story. I don't, I don't think that was necessary. And also, so it is established that there's a 10 year time gap between uh, the previous movie and Apocalypse. And it just doesn't really feel like it. But I know why they needed to have that time skip, especially in order in order to establish how um, Magneto was able to start a new life. Um, it was quite sad when his family had passed away. That was unexpected. I thought for sure his daughter and um, his wife. Well, I thought for I thought I had an inkling that his wife would die, but I didn't think his daughter would die so quickly. Um, and when it did occur, that did caught me. That did catch me off guard. Uh, but that being said, though, as much as I did appreciate Magneto's second little origin story. Um, after we finished with that portion, I did feel kind of like, oh, same mode, same mode. We're going back to that same route where Magneto, instead of where he loses a loved one, and that's what pushes him to conduct actions. Uh, rather, that's what pushes him to uh, push forward with following his emotions. And essentially, the first time he loses his mom, in this instance, he loses his wife and his daughter. And, uh, and again, as much as I do appreciate and enjoy Magneto's character, there's only so often, there's only so much that one could uh, retrend the same uh, uh, story elements without it getting a little bit tired and um yeah with that being said though i know i sound very negative discussing it it probably was the best part of the movie i know a lot of people were kind of upset with magneto and him always flip-flop flip-flopping being uh villainous being heroic being villainous right but in this movie i think it did make sense it, it did establish uh his character from what, what from what we've seen in the previous movies and i did feel for him as well i, I could see why he did join apocalypse he was in a low uh, point uh, um, at that time where he just lost his he just lost his loved ones due to saving someone, which really sucks. Uh, kind of can't help but think of Mary Shetty's Frankenstein when the creature saves that young girl, but her father, a uh, a rustic individual, decides to shoot the creature, right? 
Um, so yeah, so that part was quite sad. Um, typically, I think the best parts of these movies are typically uh, 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 Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy. I really do love the relationship between those two. In this movie, we got less of that just because it was focusing more on different elements. As I said, setting up the formation of the X-Men team as a fool, setting up Dark Phoenix, um, reintroducing characters from the past like Moria. Uh, I think the movie had less time to focus on Magneto and on Charles Xavier. But as always, the, the, whatever screen time they have together... You really do see the friendship that they have. And um, I do really like Magneto's character. I did play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. And uh, I am thinking about doing a replay of that soon. Um, and typically, I don't, the only X-Men characters I play with are um, Wolverine because he has the healing regenerative, healing regenerative ability. Uh, but when I play again, I'm definitely thinking about including Magneto, Jean Grey. And um, I think Cyclops is in it. It's been a while since I played it, but yeah. I just wanted to make sure I included that. Part of me, as always, I do appreciate your patience. Uh, this is like the fourth or fifth time that I'm adding a addendum to one of my videos. Um, hopefully you found it interesting. Hopefully it makes sense why I'm including it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the first half and you made it to this and you made it this far. I appreciate that as well. Have a great day and take care. Actually, before I shut off the video, let me make sure and think that is everything I want to discuss. I don't want to do this for a third time. Yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> Bye everyone, take care.